the lineup we have this year, it's like every amazing baker from all over the world is coming to IBIE. Welcome to Sense Sliced Bread. I'm your host, Charlotte Ashley, editor of Baking and Snack. It's finally here. The International Baking Industry Exposition is right around the corner. September 17th through 21st, the baking industry will converge on Las Vegas to see the latest in technology and techniques and reunite after a difficult three years apart. In this season of Since Sliced Bread, we'll be giving you a tour of all that IBIE has to offer in 2022. In today's episode, I spoke with Bernadette Shanahan Haas, Executive Director of the Retail Bakers of America. We talked all about how retail bakers have weathered the past three years and what they'll be looking for at IBIE. Welcome to Scent Slice Bread, Bernadette. Thank you, Charlotte. Thank you so much for having me. Let's talk first about some of the challenges retail bakers have faced since last IBIE back in 2019. We all know that a ton has happened since the last IBIE. Let's talk about how those things impacted the retail baker specifically. Sure. So over the last couple of years, obviously with COVID and all of the craziness that's been happening, our smaller mom and pop retail bakers have really kind of gotten the brunt of it. So, you know, everything from ingredient, supply, staffing, you know, COVID restrictions, um, sort of it's run the gamut for our retail bakers. But I have to say our Retail bakers are some of the smartest and some of the most creative people that own businesses. And mm -hmm. I'm super proud of the way they've handled the last few years and how they, you know, did the giant pivots and how they made it work for their businesses. So even though they have struggled and we have tried as the RBA to help as much as possible, I'm really proud to say that our retail bakers really came through. So I'm the editor of Baking and Snack Magazine. Our magazine mostly covers the industrial side of the baking industry. So I was covering the pandemic, talking to a lot of industrial bakers about how they pivoted during the pandemic. But I know that on the retail side, it impacted them a little differently. Can we talk a little bit about the unique challenges the retail baker faced as they're a consumer facing business? Sure. You know, a lot of the times the wholesale baker and the retail baker, they may seem very different, but their issues are quite the same. They just sort of are on a different uh, magnitude, I guess. So for example, even though you may have one or two retail bakeries, you still have staffing issues. And that's quite the same right. for our wholesale bakers. You know, it's just on a, you know, you might be looking for 20 people on a line, whereas on a retail side, you're looking for like three really great ones that'll stick around. So they really did kind of have to pull their bootstraps up and figure out ways, even though, you know, there are COVID restrictions and then they were hit with all of our ingredients have gone up or they're really hard to get right now, which if you're a, a wholesale baker, sometimes that might be easier to get because you're buying such big bulk and they're, you're going to be, you know, like a, a favorite of that um, supplier. Whereas if you're just ordering a pallet of something or you're only ordering a few bags of something, it might actually be even harder for you as a retail baker to get those supplies. So even though they are different, um, and their 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 issues are quite similar, except they're just on a different grand level. 
I think one of the things that I wanted to talk about was how retail bakers had to deal with like shutdowns of businesses due to stay at home orders in those early days of the pandemic. How did you see some of the retail bakers that are your members? How did you see them kind of pivot to get through those moments? So they were super fun to watch. And I'm sure they don't appreciate (laughs) me saying that because on this end of it, you know, I'm sure on their end, they were like, this is ridiculously stressful and everything. But on our end, to see an industry come together and to see, you know, no matter if you have one shop or five shops or a cookie shop or whatever it was, they really helped each other out. And I think that was super helpful for them. We actually had some of our retail bakers, depending on where they were in the country, they actually had some of their greatest sales over COVID because wow. a lot of times, you know, if you, if you, depending on where you were, if you didn't have to completely shut your doors and people had to go home and all of that, there were some areas of the country where there was this great movement of, you know, our hashtag is hashtag keep your dough local. And mm-hmm. there was this great movement to keep your money in your community during COVID, after COVID. So a lot of our bakers really took advantage of that and and kind of ran with it. We had one baker that actually got her grocery license so that she could sell takeaway meals. So she would do soup and, you know, these little meals that you could just prep and take away. And, and they had a great system set up where their staff knew who had ordered, who's picking up, when they're picking up, bringing it out to the curb, all of that good stuff. And she said really that they had, you know, that whole COVID year, year and a half, that they really did some amazing sales, you know, better than what they would have anticipated, I guess. But then you have some areas like here in Illinois, we had to shut down completely. So doors were closed and um, staff couldn't come in. And then when they did come back, they had to figure out, you know, work schedules. Did you keep them in a pod and work them together? And that way, if somebody got sick, then just that pod would go home. And so they really struggled and that was hard. But I think the beauty of this, I I suppose, and that's a a sort of a horrible way to say COVID was the beautiful thing about it, but it brought people together and it really reminded people to shop local. And it reminded them, hey, your baker is around the corner. They're super important to your community. Support them. And I think our bakers took full advantage of that marketing. and, And if they did it right, it worked for them. You touched on a little bit about supply chain challenges and um, labor challenges. Let's pivot to today. How would you describe the state of the retail baking industry today in 2022 going into IBIE? You know what? It's a little crazy because it's it's still sort of the same. I don't feel okay. like anything has leveled out and we're sort of back to normal. I feel like we still have supply issues. For the RBA, we have our social media page that's just for our members. It's called RBA Connect. And on RBA Connect, we still hear from our members, what's your price of flour? What's your price for sugar? How are you mm-hmm. getting this? How do I get, I need one pail of this. Is anybody in this area? And then we still have all of the same staffing issues as well. I think I think it's really, really hard for the baking industry, especially for a retail baker, to find a qualified employee that will stay. So, you know, you're, they're not going to make a million dollars. You as the owner aren't making a million dollars. So your staff will not make a million dollars. But finding, a you know, really dedicated folks that will stick around after you've trained them <laughs> and yeah. be a part of your team and really, you know, 
be a part of the system of your, your your front of the house, your back of the house, I think is so, so hard. For the RBA, one of the things that we're really doing right now is we're stressing to folks to get certified. So students who are coming into the industry, culinary students who are coming into the industry, baking and pastry, people who are interested in the industry, get certified. You know, get that education, get those letters after your name so that when you are applying for a job at a retail space, at a wholesale space, that you they know right off the bat that you are qualified for the position. I think a lot of times people forget that, you know, it costs money to hire an employee and not just their salary, it costs your time. It costs time mm-hmm. to train them. That's that's a cost to you. So having doing all of that and then have an employee leave or something, you know, or have them not work out, it's it's a lot. When, when you're on the scale of a retail baker, that becomes a lot bigger than it would be on the wholesale side. What do you think retail bakers need to do to be successful in today's environment with everything that they're dealing with? They have to have really <laughs> like <laughs> big chops. Like they really need to have, you know, they have to be able to go through the good and the bad and still come out mm-hmm. on the end. But they also have to be really creative. And, you know, when we say creative, it not doesn't mean like their marketing or their, you know, if their colors are the right way, it'll attract people or how many times they're posting on Instagram. When I say creative, it means how can you make this business work harder and smarter or smarter Mm -hmm. rather and not harder. And I think our retail bakers, because they're in the knit and the grit every day, they know all of their numbers. They know their budgets. They know the staff. They know the supplies. They know all of that. So they really can put some systems in place on the back end that will help their business really work smarter. And that way they're not working as hard. I mean, I know they're working really hard, but, you know, kind of putting that all in place we do have a bakery that they did open book management. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when you first hear that, you're like, oh, I don't want my folks to know like how much is coming in and how much is going out. But when they are a part of the full process, and this is sort of like that being creative, like when they see all of it coming in and then they see all of what needs to go out, they're a little more aware mm-hmm. uh, and more responsible for the team than they wouldn't normally be if they, you know, perhaps didn't have a clue of what was happening. So I think that's one way our retail bakers really are able to to do that. Like if you're a large, large industrial wholesaler, you really can't do that. The guy or gal on the line isn't going to know how much your rent is or isn't going to know what your insurance costs are. But when you're a smaller shop, you can really sort of allow your team to be a part of the process and then it will kind of help the whole team grow. Thanks for listening to this episode of Scent Sliced Bread. I'd like to take a short break to tell you about a panel you should definitely check out at IBIE 2022. On Monday, September 18th at 8.30 in the morning, Marjorie Helmer, president of Cypress Research, will moderate a panel of bakers who will provide insights into Soslin Publishing's State of the Baking Industry Study. This study covered both industrial and retail sides of the business and was laid out in two webinars that you can access at bakingbusiness.com and bakemag.com. At IBIE, Marjorie will get a baker's take on this research from all levels of the industry. She will be joined on stage by Mike Porter of New Horizons Baking Company, Charlie Nagaro from Chabasso Bakery, and Michelle Mitchie Curran of Mitchie's Munchies. You won't want to miss this engaging conversation. 
Check out all the details at bakingexpo.com or the IBIE app. I hope to see you there. Now back to the conversation. So let's talk about the Retail Bakers of America. How has your organization supported retail bakers as they've endured the last three years? One of the things that I think is really hard for any association, especially going through a pandemic, is have you have to prove your wealth. And if there is ever a time that you needed to prove why you are there and why somebody needs to be a member, it is during a crisis. Mm-hmm. And I think the RBA, we did that really well. Um, we knew what our members needed. We tried to be at the forefront of information for them. So, you know, you're trying to run a bakery or you're trying to get people back into the bakery to work and you're trying to do this, that, and the other and keep your finances, you know, where they're supposed to be. You do not have time to follow every email that comes in from the from the government or from the CDC or right. from, or, right. you know, your local, whatever it might be. So really from the RBA standpoint, we tried really, really hard to be their go-to resource. Mm-hmm. So we had what we started during COVID was our town hall meetings and the town hall meetings, it was just a Zoom meeting. And if you couldn't be on it, we recorded it and there was no charge for it. We wanted to get information out to the people who needed it. And the most successful town hall meeting we had was the one where we just let everybody talk to each other. (laughs) So it, it wasn't a speaker, it was a round table and it it was probably our longest and most successful out of all of our town halls because you know we always say this even prior to the pandemic we said this sometimes when you're running a business and especially in the retail baking industry you almost feel like you're working in a vacuum there's nobody in your area that is doing the exact same thing thank goodness otherwise right. they'd be competition but when you get a larger national association that can put all of you who are in the same boat basically into a room or into a Zoom room and you can chat with each other, that is the strongest benefit to membership there is. I mean, that networking is invaluable. What you hear from somebody like, you know, like for example, our friends at Patty Cakes Bakery that got their grocery license. When she mentioned that on that town hall, you could just see it. Everyone's eyes were like, oh, that's great. Like, what a great idea. That's super smart. You know, I could sell milk and they could get it from here and they could, you know, that kind of thing. So just having that idea share um, Mm -hmm. and that resource was crazy important during COVID. It's So wonderful that as an association, you're able to bring together the retail bakers of America. Like you said, it's that community and networking that was like so critical during such an unprecedented time when no one knew how to respond or pivot and people could just share ideas of like, well, this is what we've done and this is what we've done that's worked and this is what we've done that hasn't worked. Exactly. We also saw a lot of our retail bakers sort of use the pandemic as a great excuse, if that makes sense. So for example, you know, we had a bakery tell us on one of our townhouses actually that, you know, because of COVID, they allowed themselves to really look at, they had three locations at the time. And they really took a look at, you know, they always had this one location. It was doing okay. It never really made money, but the other two were sort of carrying it. And having COVID be the excuse sort of allowed them to kind of revisit everything and really kind of take a deeper dive into, okay, this one really isn't working. So they ended up actually closing that location and just sticking with the two that were doing really well. But COVID became that like, 
oh, because of COVID, we're no longer going to carry this product in the case. You know, that kind of thing. And, and, you know, you sort of can make, it's like having policies and procedures. Like you can always make those the bad guys. Like, oh, it's in our policies and procedures. We can't do that. Um, So COVID kind of allowed our bakers to really say like, oh, shoot, just because of COVID, we can't make this product that takes us all day to make and only three people buy. You know, so it, it kind of, again, their creativity really came to the forefront and it kind of allowed them to be like, oh, this is our time to shake things up. We had a baker in Minnesota who that was his time to redo their shop. They put in new flooring and they did this and that. So, you know, it it, it wasn't all awful. It was terrible for sure. But, it, but I think, again, being our creative retail bakers that they are, they were so smart about things. Yeah, they found opportunities even during a really difficult and challenging time. Correct. That's awesome. So what do you anticipate retail baker attendees will be looking for as they arrive in Vegas for IBIE? I'm super excited about IBIE this year because I feel like we all haven't been in the same room for a really long time. Right, right. <laughs> so the, the, really the last show we had was IBIE 2019 and months after that is when the world sort of shut down. So I am really excited just to see people for one and to see our members again and to kind of get out there. We had a couple of events over the last few years that were like, yes, we're getting back into it. And then numbers would spike. We're like, sorry, we have to cancel. So so having IBIE kind of be our, you know, kind of hurrah back into the just seeing each other again, I think is super special. Our education this year and our the RBA Baker Center decorated by Corbion, the lineup we have this year, it's like every amazing baker from all over the world is coming to IBIE. So anybody that you have thought about or you're like, oh, I follow them on Instagram or I've always wanted to take this class or I'm trying to learn this certain technique or whatever it might be, they're at IBIE this year. I, I could not be more excited about our education lineup. Yes, I've seen it. It's so robust. If you haven't gotten on bakingexpo.com and checked out the IBIE Educate and the Retail Bakers Center, you need to because it's incredible, the program that's been put together. Exactly. We actually have some really fun people too. The Hebernan Baker from Scotland is coming in. You know, of course we have Buddy that'll be there. Mitchie will be there. I mean, again, it's sort of like every amazing, talented person from the industry is going to be at IBIE. It's it's a can't miss this time around for sure. We kind of already talked about what retail bakers can expect at IBIE, but how do you think they can ensure they get the most out of their experience? Because it's only a couple of days and there's so much to do. <laughs> it really is. If you've never been to IBIE and you walk in, it's completely wonderfully overwhelming, <laughs> mm-hmm. if that's a great way to say it. So there is so much going on. There is so much happening at every minute of the day during all four days, even five days if you count Saturday for education. My advice for a retail baker is really to take some time ahead of time before you get there to really review the schedule see maybe where you want to be. You know, I I don't want to miss this person at this time at this location. Just jot those down. Download the app now. If you haven't Mm -hmm. downloaded the IBIE app, do it now. That really would be my best advice other than wear comfortable shoes. Um, No one's going to look fancy in stilettos because you won't be able to walk by the end of the day. So wear your sneakers, be comfortable, grab some water, and, and really kind of take advantage of everything that's happening. You know, we have two different halls this year, which it'll be super interesting to see how it all works out. The West Hall, which is the newer 
brand new convention center hall will be a lot of that wholesale, that really big equipment, like all of that great stuff. And even though it may not be geared specifically to a retail baker, learning from what's going on in that room is super smart. So we have the artisan market, we have um, some of your bigger, you know, the bigger line equipment people and things like that. And I think sometimes a retail baker will go in there and they'll say, oh, good Lord, but I'm not making a million buns every day. I'm only making however many. But seeing how their line is set up, seeing how productive they are. Those are where you're going to get your ideas. And then on the North Hall, that's where the RBA booth will be. We're booth number 5751. We're right across from the RBA Baker Center decorated by Corbion. So make sure that when you're in that North Hall that you check out every single vendor that's in there because you you just don't know what you need until you see it sometimes and, and really kind of talk to each other. Hi, I'm so-and-so from so-and-so bakery in this part of the world. Where are you from? That's super important because I think that's where connections are made. And and really that networking is when you're all in the same room together is ridiculously important. Yes. I've heard from so many people that one of the most important things at IBIE is yes, come prepared with the little notes of which sessions you want to attend, who you want to talk to, but always leave space to just wander and look because you never know what you're going to find when you're at IBIE. Exactly. We had a member, I think it was 2019 actually, where she came to the RBA booth and she was like, I had no idea this product even existed. It was like a, some sort of um, like a cookie cutter, but in a different way, it was sort of more, ma- or um, more automatic, I guess. Mm. And she was like, I didn't even know, do you know how much time that's going to save me? Like, oh my gosh, yeah. my whole team can learn how to do this. And, you know, so it's really kind of like, don't have your eyes. Like, I only have this on my list. I'm only going to see this because it's on my list. Definitely. Like you said, give yourself some time to just wander the, the aisles and, and talk to people. That's really, really important. Well, thank you so much, Bernadette, for speaking with me today about the Retail Bakers experience. I'm so excited to get to Vegas and see everybody and reunite with the baking industry. Thank you, Charlotte, for having me. This was so much fun. Thank you. And we'll see everybody at IBIE. Thank you for listening to Scent Sliced Bread. If you'd like to join the conversation, leave us a voicemail at 816-968-7772. Or you can record a message using the Voice Memo app on your smartphone and email it to podcast at sozlin.com. Don't forget to subscribe to Scent Slice Bread on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts and drop us a review. Scent Slice Bread is a baking and snack podcast produced by Taryn Parker and hosted by Charlotte Atchley.